0: This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years with expertise across income and alternatives. Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk. Loss of principle is possible.
1: Hey, guys. Alex. Jack, how are you?
0: How are you feeling? I hear you're under the weather.
1: Well, so I was a little sniffly last night. Um, I'm actually feeling fine now, but I just thought the right thing to do was was to stay home. I mean, these are crazy times.
0: We're usually here in the studio together and you're calling in. Skyping in. Skyping in. I don't know the right way to ask this question. I don't want to say the word, but is it um it, it rhymes with my Sharona virus? Is it uh
1: <laughs> Jack, it is definitely not. I am all better already, and I wish I were there, but, you know, I had to make the decision. I That's
0: great. I'm glad you're feeling better. Now wait for two weeks from today before coming in to see me, and <laughs> much as I like you, we can never shake hands again. Elbow bump? Maybe.
1: The spread of coronavirus means everything is changing by the minute, for people and for markets. So we're doing things a little different on The Readback this week and trying to get you the episode in as close to real time as possible. I asked Jack Howe to come in on Tuesday for an off-the-cuff chat about how to think about markets right now. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. Well, so the good news is that, you know, we don't know where we're headed, right? And we're going to keep this podcast going. And so far, I think it's working okay. Yeah, so far, so good. So far, so good. So that's one thing I wanted to just start by asking you about. I mean, how are you living your life right now? It seems like hour by hour, we're hearing obviously more about the coronavirus. It's almost closing in on New York where we live. There's a new containment zone being set up in New Rochelle, a nearby suburb. How worried are you?
0: I mean uh, publicly <laughs> I, I I'm i saying you know I, we're I'm we're not panicking I'm comforted by as more information rolls in we learn that w- there are there are groups of people who are uh, you know vulnerable to this the older population and people with compromised immune systems that sort of thing Um, and I, my, I feel for those people, I think in terms of my immediate family, you know, my wife and my young children, and it, it seems like groups in those age brackets do well. So, but I'm not a guy who plays probabilities when it comes to parenting. I'm a guy who looks for certainty. You know, I'm a typical, overreactive, uh, you know, Westchester County helicopter parent. I'm beyond a helicopter parent. I'm like an AC-130 gunship parent with a chain gun out the side. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
1: Not going to help you with coronavirus. I'm sorry. So. No,
0: no, no help whatsoever. I hope it's true what I hear people say, that this might follow the flu season and and uh, you might see it abate after April. But the phrase that's going around Wall Street now, or the thing everyone is saying is, I'm not an epidemiologist, but, and then they go on to give you some narcissistic, precise forecast of how one uh, unfathomably complex system, which is viral contagion, will affect another even less knowable system, which is financial markets. I'm going to try not to do that here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually fascinating. I want to talk more about that. I will confess I used that exact phrase yesterday in a meeting. (laughs) It's really handy. And then proceeded with why uh, maybe we should all be working from home. But, um, you know, I'm not sure how this thing plays out. It it, it feels inevitable that we're going to be on some sort of societal lockdown. It feels a little bit like a big storm is approaching with even scarier consequences.
0: Well, for us, you know, we'll be fine. There are people out there who can't do their jobs from home, and and those people – are in a difficult situation. And, and there are people out there who maybe they earn an o- hourly wage and maybe they don't get, you know, paid when they take time off and they've got to make tough decisions. Maybe their kids will be, you know, kept out of school. For us, I mean, our challenges are pretty straightforward. I wrote in Streetwise this past week about a I had a call with a with a company chief. You know, I speak with chiefs as part of my work, and and, and I was working from home. We have these we did a mandatory work from home test day, like a lot of big companies are doing. And I wrote about, you know, being on the phone with someone important, having my kids come through the door. They were this was after school hours, so I had my my son burst through the door in a head to toe Star Wars stormtrooper outfit, and he was complaining that his uh, he's five. He was complaining that his nine year old sister had changed his netflix username to something impolite and they argued about it the dog started barking and um, please
1: tell me there's video of this
0: there's no video i'm trying not to be i I, i'm sure you know what i'm talking about the bbc guy the guy who was on tv when his kids busted through the door and it was all captured on television yeah i'm not that guy
1: have a lot of those moments i would imagine in the coming weeks we'll see okay So other than the obvious public health risk, I would say this is uh, a stock story for the most part over the last few weeks. I mean, the the markets have been crazy. We, We covered this all weekend long. Sunday night, the markets went crazy. We're sitting here a day after the worst single day for the market since the financial crisis. And we don't know where things are headed. What should investors do right now, Jack? Everyone is looking to you. that's
0: <laughs> The good news is, I know where things are headed. Uh, you, you know that I always guess up when it comes to the stock market because yeah. eventually that's where things go. Now, I don't know in the short term. I know that over the long term, that's what stocks do. Um, I don't know where the bottom is f- for this uh, market, for the sell off we've had. I can give you some thoughts on it. If you take the SP 500, I'm going to use Monday's close because uh, you know prices are all over the place. So I'll right. just give you the figures, and, and people listening can do their own math. But let's let's round the close to twenty-seven fifty on the S and P five hundred, and I want to call earnings per share one hundred sixty-five bucks. That's the earnings underlying the S and P five hundred. That's an estimate for this year, and it's assuming that earnings basically barely grow from last year. That puts the stock market at sixteen point seven times earnings, as as at the end of the day Monday. Now how expensive is that a little but not crazy right the long term average is probably around 15 times earnings i say probably because y- you can come up with different ways of measuring earnings and uh, you can right. you know just switch between looking at you know recently booked earnings and forecasts and things like that but let's let's say it's a little bit pricier than average and certainly with bond yields this low you would think that stocks are still a good deal
1: right basically because there is nowhere else to go
0: yeah i mean Look, we can call the stock trading crazy, but what's gone on in the bond markets makes stocks look tame. I mean, I'd written in the magazine about if if you're an investor with $3 million and you're scared of the market right now, you want to put it in in 10-year treasury bonds, that's going to give you a yearly income of $23,000, which is if you look at the... uh, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics tables. That's what a dishwasher makes. Now, look, I was a dishwasher. I was a darn good dishwasher, and that's uh, honest work. But you would expect, if you saved up your whole life and you got three million bucks, you can get better than a dishwasher's income. But but within a day of me writing that, you couldn't get twenty three thousand dollars anymore. It was down to fifteen thousand dollars at one point. The ten year Treasury yield went below a half percent. The entire yield curve, meaning all the way out to thirty year uh, issues, were below one percent. We've never seen anything like that before.
1: And let's just explain that to people. So basically, as everyone dives into these so-called safe havens of Treasury bonds, it pushes the prices up because they are more in demand, and the effect of that is to push the yields down.
0: Yeah, people start buying, you know, fixed income. They say, "I don't care about the income; I just want the fixed." <laughs> yeah. So yields have gone down to nothing, and and so that makes stocks look like a good deal by comparison. There, there's one key question that you have to ask yourself and answer, and that is are we headed for a recession? You know, A week ago, I would have said, I don't think it's in the cards. I think Goldman had a forecast that said, we'll probably get down to zero GDP growth, zero economic growth in the second quarter of this year. And that'll probably mark the bottom and we'll probably recover from there. That's based on their assumption that the coronavirus uh, outbreak is um, widespread, but not especially long lived that it that it follows a you know a flu pattern I, I suppose so if that's the case and we don't have a recession then that math that I just discussed applied stocks still look like a very good deal what if we do get a recession because since since then since Goldman came out with that forecast we've had a shock in the oil price we've now got a price war between uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia on
1: oil totally unrelated right I mean it feels all related but it it's unrelated.
0: It's a shock on top of a shock. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And as that oil price comes down, you might think, well, wow, that you know, good news, I'll pay less for gas. I saw one estimate today that you'll probably be paying two dollars a gallon at the pump pretty soon. So, you know, maybe that's good news for consumers. But mostly we're we're talking about US companies that are not just gonna be earning less money in the energy sector, but are probably gonna fall on financial distress. And you've got people who work there who might be out of their jobs and you've got people who live in oil cities who who you know might spend less money and businesses located there that might make less money so there's a big ripple effect and that's the kind of thing when you put those two on top of each other you could see a recession
1: and so what what would you say kind of in the last week though has really changed I mean I think even a week ago we probably knew this thing was playing out I guess we did not know about the oil shock so is that really the the difference maker here or do you think the that- the coronavirus outlook is worse.
0: I think once you add the oil shock, you have to now you know, put a recession on the table. I don't think one is imminent. I don't see signs that there's a, this unavoidable recession coming. But I think you have to consider, consider the possibility. And you ask yourself, what happens to stocks? What happens to earnings in a recession? We've had 11 recessions going back to the 1940s. The median earnings decline has been 13%. So you take that figure I gave you a, a short while ago, $165 for earnings, and you mark that down to $143 and change. Now, stock prices come down with those earnings, you have to assume. But there's so much here that's unknowable.
1: But of course, stocks, I just want to point out, are down 20% nearly from their peak.
0: They're, they're already down that far from their peak. They, they could fall further if we go into a recession and earnings decline. But what we what we don't know from here, because we have never seen interest rates this low, we don't know what that's going to do to the price that investors are willing to pay for stocks relative to earnings. Will they continue to be willing to pay 16, or 17, or 18 times earnings? Will they say, I want out at any price, and I only want to pay 15, or even lower, or even down to 13, 14 times earnings? And then, of course, if you go into an economic downturn, you know, you can make the scenario as gloomy as you want, right? It, initiate pants wedding sequence, and I'll tell you, like, where it would really get scary is investors turn very bearish on stocks, they're, they're only willing to pay low prices, and then you get some kind of structural downturn in corporate profitability, not just falling earnings, but the corporate share of gross domestic income right now is exceptionally high. Corporate profit margins are exceptionally high relative mm-hmm. to work or wages, maybe have some political change in the future where they say, well, let's bring the corporate tax rate back up and, um, you know, let's let's make make some other changes here that structurally reduce corporate profitability. You can set up scenarios that have considerably more downside from here. And in the short run, it's not really knowable.
1: Right. And what's also not knowable a year from now is who's going to be running the country.
0: That's right. There's not a wide swing in the ages of our uh, presidential contestants, but there's a wide swing in the types of policies that they'd like to introduce.
1: Yeah, we are just surrounded by uncertainty.
0: Yeah, but look, let's talk about what you can be pretty confident about. We know that over long time periods, stocks go up and stocks beat other asset classes. And we don't just know that because I can point to a chart on a wall somewhere that demonstrates it. If you think about it. What can you do with your money? There are three things you can do. You can buy a business, and that's what you do when you either you know, open a pizza shop or you buy shares of stock. You can loan money to people at interest, that's what you do when you buy bonds. And you can buy stuff, right? Like you can buy gold and hope that your gold sits around and becomes more valuable. If you think about it, companies only exist to the extent that they can turn financing and stuff into profits. Companies wouldn't, we wouldn't have a stock market if it wasn't for the consistent ability of companies to outperform bonds and commodities, right? So that's where you want to be with a considerable portion of your money. You don't want to leave bonds altogether because bonds provide stability. They've really done well for you in this downturn for the stock market. You you know they're not going to do as well as stocks over the long term, but you want that stability in your portfolio. Yeah. But I, I think you know any investor with a, with a decent amount of time wants to keep money in stocks.
1: Can I just add a fourth category? Because I feel like I've been spending a lot of money hoarding snacks and <laughs> food over the last. Over the last couple of weeks,
0: canned goods. I forgot to mention. <laughs> no, those are the three things you could do if you're not spending your money. If you've been, there, there are many things you can spend it on. And if if you're like me, you've been stress eating your emergency uh, uh, quarantine provisions, now you have to do even more spending.
1: Uh, and I guess there have been some beneficiaries of that spending uh, in the market. Let's let's talk a little bit about specific sectors. I got to say, at this point, I just feel bad for for cruise lines. I mean. Is there Oof. any hope for that group of stocks? I
0: mean, I would be the best hope for someone to recommend those, and I'm not going to recommend those because I'm not a guy who's saying, hey, you know, put it all in peanut butter stocks because you have to stay safe. I think right now, if you're putting money into the stock market, I mean, if you're buying an index fund, great. If you're trying to pick stocks, I think you want to pick stocks where the macro concerns weigh heavily on those stocks, but those companies are well managed, and they've got some kind of underlying improvement. Like I've written favorably about Caterpillar. They make these big earth moving machines. They're used in construction and a lot of different industries. They're very necessary machines, but when you expect economic activity to move lower, Caterpillar stock does poorly, and it's done poorly in this downturn. At the same time, the company has been making improvements to its profitability. Its margins have been pushing higher. And the world will need more big machines at some point. But cruise lines, like, I'm not going there. I would much rather hear hear that someone wants to put money into an airline than a cruise line. Because airlines are, you know, like vital utilities in this age. Right. And um, they're also going into this mess. They were about as prosperous as they've ever been. Cruise lines were doing fine, too, but we can live without them. I've gone my whole life without going
1: on going a cruise. No, no
0: offense to the cruise companies. I'm sure it's lovely, but I wasn't tempted before coronavirus.
1: Yeah, right. Well, okay, so we have no cruise lines, but maybe by Caterpillar. What about energy? I mean, we talked about how they've been really leading the market lower. I mean, the energy declines this week have been stunning for stocks, Um, things that maybe happened over a year two years, not one day. Any hope for energy?
0: The world will still need energy, but it's just such a difficult group to pick a bottom And That move lower on the oil price was so violent that you have to begin to think about financial stress. You have to begin to think about credit problems and, and And that can just become self-reinforcing negativity for the group. It's been a group that's been in a downturn for a long time.
1: So explain that. That basically means they might be able to make it over the next two years, but there's question over whether they can make it over the next month.
0: And you you might see companies have to, even if it's not a matter of companies not being able to pay their debt, you might see companies have to slash their dividends you know, the, the bigger companies you would expect would be able to hold up to this, but you might see smaller companies that have highly cyclical work like drilling and things like that might struggle through this. And so if I'm trying to, you know, I want to pick stocks where maybe things look bad for them now, but you know that the company has the financial resilience to weather this storm. I'm not sure that I would be pouring money into energy right now.
1: Okay. Actually,
0: as it turns out, solar energy has done remarkably well this year. That's something that is on no one's radar and no one's talking about it because it doesn't fit into any of the stories people are telling right now. There's no coronavirus. There's no election. There's no rate cutting or any of that, but-
1: There's still sun.
0: Yeah. It just turns out that they've hit this point in the cost curve where where, when you combine solar with um, home storage, that a lot of homeowners are saying, you know what? Yeah, I'll throw that up on my roof. Let's, Let's go ahead and do it. The explanation for those stocks going up this year is the oldest explanation of of them all. They're just, customers are buying.
1: All right. So Jack, I want to try to wrap up all of the insight you've had here. Basically, you're bullish for the long term because stocks go up.
0: Yeah. I'm too dumb to know what stocks are going to do in the short run, so I always guess up. And in the long run, I'm always right. And in the short run, I'm right two-thirds of the time, (laughs) and the other third, I blame someone else.
1: Well, I've known you for a few years now, Jack, and I can say you are usually right. So thanks for sharing with us.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: To read all of our fast-changing coverage on coronavirus, check out Barron's.com. I'm Alex Ewell. The show is produced by Meta The Readback will return next week. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab.
0: Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day, but what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors
1: from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash